Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we are joined by Brandon Fong. So if you've been someone who's ever wanted to connect, build deeper relationships, reach out to people, maybe you've been a little bit scared or worried or uh, cautious about connecting, this episode is for you. You're going to want to dive deep into it. It's going to break down a couple of different strategies you can use to open conversations easier with those people that you've been meaning to connect with. And of course, if we can ever help you connect your marketing and your sales together, head over to our free Facebook community, www.joinmygroup.com.au, which goes straight to our Facebook community where we've got free trainings every week, plenty of resources to help you grow and scale your business. But until then, let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Kim, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. That's great to have you, man. Now, I always like to uh, start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you and we were at a party and we were chatting and I said to you, Brandon, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to? Yeah, it's a tough question to answer, not from the perspective that I can't answer it, but I always like to find out more about the person that I'm talking to first, just so that I have some context, just because I feel like people don't really care about what you do until they know how much you care about them. So if we were starting a conversation, I would want to find out more about what it is to be the world's only certified baller. I would want to know how you travel to 31 countries, and I would want to know about this tequila tequila stuff that you've got going on. But assuming that I know a little bit about that, that you're you're kind of actually interested in what I do instead of just like the surface level what I do. If I look back at my life, I would say the, the most common theme is connection and connection in every sense of the word. I love connecting with people. I love connecting deeper with myself. I love uh, connecting ideas, people with ideas and stuff like that. So that's the greatest theme. So how I manifest that in my life is that I my, my sweet spot is helping B2B entrepreneurs with a podcast that isn't monetizing. I can help them to leverage the show to build world-class relationships with incredible people uh, and do it in an, an incredible way that that really builds that trust and you know goes much deeper than the surface level, level crap that you see a lot, a lot out there. So <laughs> that's the, the high level answer. Nice. I love that. And so what got you into that? Like, were you always just wanting to connect with people as a kid or did you see a little bit of a, a gap when you were growing up or like, how did all that come about? Yeah, I'll give the, I'll, I'll tell a really quick story. So the, the abbreviated version of the story is I grew up on the free lunch program as a kid and I was super embarrassed by that because I went to a school district that was relatively wealthy. So I was one of the few kids- what is the, because we don't have that. I don't think we have that in Australia. What, what is the free lunch program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> the, good, good clarifying question. It, it basically government assistance. Like my family needed some financial help growing up. So like my meals were paid for as a kid. So it's like, I would go through the lunch checkout line and my heart would race because like I would watch as my friends go through and they would type in their student ID and it would say $5 or whatever. And then I would type in my number 156403 and then it would show up on the computer screen, Brandon Fong, $0 and zero cents. <laughs> and so I had all these tactics to like, distract my friends from seeing the fact that I was on that program. There was the the hide in the bathroom until there's no one left to, until the lunch line was free to myself strategy. There was the, the distract the person at the last minute that I was talking next to so that they didn't see the screen. Um, So that, that was the, that was what sparked me wanting to change and make things different for myself. I think that's kind of where the desire to be an entrepreneur came, but where the connection came from is a few years later, I had the opportunity to compete in an international business plan competition 
found out that the trip was way more expensive than I could afford, obviously, because of the, the, what I just explained there. But it, my dad came up with this brilliant idea and introduced me to my first ever mentor who opened the doors to connecting with people. So I was 16 years old. This business plan that I was competing with was called the Sizzlin' Ninja Food Truck. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing, nothing crazy or world changing there. But she taught me how to fundraise by connecting with high level people. And she opened her network to help me connect with some of these incredible people starting at age 16. And so there's so much that I could go into there. That's obviously the much abbreviated version, but I just saw, I was able to pay for that entire trip by following one piece of advice that my mentor Brenda gave me. And she said that if you ask for money, you'll get advice, but if you ask for advice, you'll get money. And so the way that that manifested, and it sounds kind of piffy and cool, but I didn't really quite understand what that meant until she showed me that to build relationships with these people, ask for feedback on your business plan. And then once they've invested and provide you feedback, ask if they will be willing to donate to your trip. So I ended up paying for my entire trip that way, qualified for this national competition, didn't place, but it was that the, the most valuable lesson that I learned was that if you learn how to connect with people, that's where the, where the value is, is you can do things the easy way or you can do things the hard way. And so I think for the rest of my life, since I saw that, whenever I was looking at figuring something out, I always just looked to figure out who's already figured this out and how can I figure out a way to build a relationship with them. And so that was some of my earlier experiences starting from age 12 to age 16 that kind of set the foundation, I think, moving forward. And then what was the, um, obviously that was already like semi in the world of business, right? Cause you were doing business plan and things like that. How did that then move into obviously what you're doing today? Yeah. So I leveraged those connection skills to my senior year of college. I, I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was actually studying entrepreneurship. I had written a book in college that, and, and that was pretty cool. I got it ranked pretty well, but it, it wasn't enough to sustain me or build anything. I worked on a startup company and that didn't end up working out. So my senior year, I was like, well, what the, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> uh, so I ended, up, I ended up leveraging that, going back to that foundation. And I ended up reaching out to a really successful entrepreneur. His name was Jonathan Levy. Uh, at the time, I was a fan of his podcast, and I, I he had about 100,000 students in his online courses, 1.5 million downloads on his podcast, TED Talk, all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like a David versus Goliath moment, it felt like. Like, who am I, some 21-year-old kid, to reach out to the successful entrepreneur? But I did, and the, the email went something along the lines of, hey, Jonathan, I listened to episode 47 of your podcast with Noah Kagan. I took it, and I implemented it, and this is the results that I got. That's obviously, I'd be a little bit more specific than that, but just going off the top of my head. And I was like, I went a little bit deeper on your site. I found out three specific things I'd love to help you with. And I don't want to charge for it. But if you like my work, let's figure out a way to work together. And if not, then you didn't pay for anything and we can go our own separate ways. And so I think it's a cool and easy play to do as a, as a 21-year-old, but that turned into me running his marketing for three years. I was on the team when we added about 150,000 students to his online courses, 1.5 million downloads to his podcasts. And um, he also got into a really high-level group called Genius Network, which, which I mean, if, if you're not familiar with yeah. So like, so he got in there and lots of seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs and Jonathan finished his first meeting, sends me a Slack message. And is like, Hey man, how would you like to come to the next meeting? <laughs> and I was like 22 at the time. And so I got to hang out at genius network level when I was 22. And it was just, it opened my eyes to the power of connection once again. And so since leaving Jonathan's company, I've kind of continued to expand on that. And so it just so happens that I think podcasting is the greatest expansion for me and in, in giving my gift of connection to the world. And uh, I truly believe I'm here to make the world a more deeply connected place. And so the the more that I can help people do that and the, the more alignment I feel and the more velocity there is. And how do you find people? Because I know that some people are probably listening to this or watching this and they're like, man, you, you sound like a extrovert. Like Brandon sounds like he's out there. He's <laughs> going and jumping and connecting with the people. People that are a bit more 
introverted or a bit more uh, cautious on the, uh, the way that they connect with people and things like that. How have you um, either helped, you know, other clients navigate it or what have you kind of seen? Because I think most people would be like, man, this Brendan guy sounds like he's got so much energy and he can go out there and do <laughs> that. But with little old me introverted over here, like would, would it work for me? That's a good question. I, I don't know if I've been asked that. Actually, I've, no, I, I take that back. I was asked that earlier today and I, I'll, I'll answer it this way. I think the question about introversion or extroversion has more to do with the theme of connection. Like, cause if you feel deeply connected with someone, I feel like as an introvert, and I can't speak because I'm an extrovert, but I, I would assume that as an introvert, if you're having a conversation that you feel is with somebody that you're connecting with, it's it, you may not obviously get the same energy that an extrovert would get, but it's it going back to that theme, that human theme of wanting to develop real relationships with people. That's really what we're here for. And I think that what might get in the way of many introverts looking at an extrovert that make, makes it easier, like it's easy for Brandon to say, but I, I think what would help solve that for lots of people is if you simply looked at it from the perspective of building a relationship with somebody that would be like a close relationship that you would have with a friend or something like that. So if you had more relationships like that, I think it makes it a little bit less scary. I think what people get into an issue is where you put people on a pedestal and, and that's really where it gets hard is when you create that dissonance between you and the people that you want to reach out to. So hopefully that answers your question, but I th- hopefully that, that helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that, that was going to be like the next kind of question I was going to go into is like with that, as you mentioned, obviously putting people on a pedestal, which can kind of cause that separation and, and dissonance between wanting to reach out to someone. How did, was it just natural for you? And you were just like, well, I'm just going to reach out to them. Cause I know some people be like, oh, I could never you know, reach out to such and such, or I could never uh, do that. Cause why would they want to hear from me type thing? Yeah. I think I, well, I was first of all going back to that sixteen-year-old experience. Like I'm sure that was that's pretty rare. Not that many people experience that. So my eyes were open to that. This was a possibility first. I think that everybody kind of needs a first domino moment, and it goes back to something that my dad taught me at really really young. It's like the worst thing that they can say is no. I mean, like that, that's one thing that I think like people get all up in their heads about like, oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? Like, what if, what if Kim thinks I'm the worst person on the planet for reaching out to him? <laughs> you know, like, like those are the things that those are the danger loops that we go in your head. But at the end of the day, you're not going to find out unless you hit that send button for the very first time. So I, I lost track of the question, but I think that, that that's one of the biggest <laughs> mentality shifts that you can make to, to hit that jump. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know for, uh, that was the, when we, when I started this podcast, so I've had a couple of podcasts with uh, different hosts and, and whatnot. But when I started this one, uh, Grant Cardone, who some people would know, like big in sales and all that sort of stuff, is coming over to Australia, wanted to do podcasts, wanted to get in front of people for, um, a big event he was doing over here. So I was like, they were like, we want, um, experienced podcast hosts. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm an experienced host. I can ask good questions. My current podcast didn't exist, but I was about mm-hmm. to launch it. So I was like, I may as well just ask and see what happens. Because again, worst thing he can say is, no, I'm not going to interview you. So I reached out, um, hit him up. And when he was coming to Australia, um, which which surprised me, most people did not respond to the call out for podcasts. They were like, we want to be on podcasts. And most people did not message in, did not email in, did not try and reach out because they were like, he would never be on my podcast. The first guy in Australia that interviewed Grant when he came over here had never done a podcast interview before. Mm, it was like really? nervous, like couldn't even like talk, hired a uh, someone to come and film it. They came in with like a like a television studio camera. Uh, he had no like no experience in setting up for the uh, for the podcast or anything. And um, yeah, and, and it was like com- did not work at uh, at all for that guy. But apparently he went by the end of the interview, he was a bit more relaxed, but it was the first ever podcast interview he'd ever done. 
So yeah. he was able to get it because no one else reached out. No one else wanted to connect and, and get him to come through. So oh, I love that. I love to turn the tables on you, Kim, if you don't mind me asking, like, mm. when was that aha moment for you? Like, when did it become, because I know everybody has trepidation. You, you're not born making this easy, but like, did you have a light bulb moment that made it easier for you to connect with people too? Well, it was similar to what, um, what you said about, well, the worst thing that you can say would not, like, I always tell a story. There's like, when I was a, a young kid, I um, was on a forum, I was running it and I was like, oh, we wanted to get sponsorship. So same, I was like, logically speaking, I can email out all these people, ask for sponsorship. Worst thing they can say is no. They're probably going to want to sponsor this, sponsor this forum because there was a lot of traffic on it at the time. And I ended up raising like, I think it was like forty forty five thousand dollars $45,000 in like money and prizes and things like that. And I was like, well, there you go. Like all you got to do is ask and see what's going to mm-hmm. going to come out the other side. So similar to, to your story, for me, once I knew that, I was like, well, the worst thing, again, I I'm, I'm, don't mind if they say no. And it's even easier on email. It's not like I have to be in like face-to-face and be like, Hey, will you come on my podcast? And then they shut you <laughs> down. It's like an email, right? It's like it's even less uh, less risky. In person, might be a bit more nerve wracking. But yeah. uh, being that it's email or direct message or anything like that, I always think it's like, well, you know, this is the easiest way. It's like there's no uh, there's no like visceral. I can't see them being like, no, you suck. I don't want to speak to you, right? <laughs> you don't have to deal with that. It's just like no or no, thank you, or you get no response. So that's if that's the worst that can happen. Like I think that's uh, justifiable. Yeah, hundred percent. And I would encourage anybody that might be scared to do an outreach. It's like what I found oftentimes is that you run into this danger loop in your head and you just kind of get like, oh, like, but, but then the moment you put it on paper or the moment that you journal about it, like if, if you're having issues with this right now and you simply pull out a piece of paper and you say, what's the worst that can happen? Like maybe the worst thing that happens is they tell you to go die and you're the worst person on the planet. Like, like, let's say you get that email as a response, which is like, first of all, the first question you can ask after you write that down, let's say you write that down. That's the worst thing that can happen. The second question is how likely is that to happen? Probably close to zero, but let's say it does happen can you get over it? Probably, you know, it's just, it's just an email. It's not going to hurt you. And like anybody that's ever done anything great in this world has had to do, have to do some form of self-promotion and starting to build those relationships. So um, yeah, and I could share some ways that, that make, make that a little bit easier, but I've just found over time, as you get that momentum, it gets a lot easier. And so getting that first few outreaches underneath your belt, and there's a right and a wrong way to do, do it, obviously, but um, once once you get that momentum, you realize that it's not as scary as it seems and lots of good things, lots of huge upside can come. If you look at the opposite of that question, what's the best that can happen? <laughs> if the worst that can happen is they tell you that you're the worst person ever and you can deal with that, but the best side is you get a relationship with someone like Kim or you get a relationship with Grant Cardone, then, then I think that's worth taking that, taking that jump. So um, hopefully that helps maybe somebody that, that would be worried about that. Yeah, 100%. Now, like I always, because I think the, the the right things to do are always easy to find. I think the wrong things to do sometimes make it a little bit harder because sometimes it's like there's only, there's, you just do something in slightly the wrong way and it can kind of mess things up. So you mentioned there, there's right ways and wrong ways. What are some of the ways that you've seen people, maybe even, you know, done some of yourself in the very early days? Like what has been some of the things to like avoid when trying mm. to connect with people and reach out? Mm. I'm going to try something. I'm, I'm going to risk something a little bit here because we're obviously recording this. Obviously, you could edit it out if we need to. But do you are you a LinkedIn user, Kim? Do you use LinkedIn a decent amount? Oh, not a decent amount. Probably a terrible amount. Um, I okay. probably have like a thousand message requests and unread things on there. Sure. Well, what I was going to ask you to do, and we can still do it if you want, is to pull up your phone and open up your LinkedIn app uh, and open up those messages. Um, and if you're listening, you could you could do this right now. But I guarantee if you look at the last 10, 15 people that have sent you a connection request, 
it's nothing, it's nothing that would make you actually want to open them and develop a relationship with these people. It's like, it's like the example of there's like, you see all these terrible drivers when you're driving around, right? Like all these people that are terrible drivers, but you're never the terrible driver, right? Like you're, (laughs) you're never the one that ever makes the mistake. I think it's the same thing when it comes to sending these outreach messages. If you right now open up your LinkedIn profile and, and have you pulled one up, Kim? Did you? Yeah. Get, so, did like, you do, you, do you want me just to click on like the one of the? Yeah. First ones cl- click on it. Click on a few of them. Just, just to, get, just so people get a feel of something legit. That's raw. Like, we didn't plan this. Like, and and mm. and like, don't obviously don't read their name, but like maybe read a few of the random ones that you're seeing in there. What do they sound like? Yeah. I mean, look, not the best. Like, there's, for example, one. It's like, hey, I hope you don't mind me reaching out to you on LinkedIn. We're always connecting with interesting businesses to network with. And that <laughs> sends me another message, being like, uh, I'm going to be quick and respect your time. You probably get lots of messages. How protected is your business from cyber attacks? Like, <laughs> okay, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then trying to get me on a, on a fifteen minute call straight away. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice to connect with you. Um, I see that you are. They've just read my title at your social voice. Do you guys give trainings? And do, are you looking for speakers? Yeah. So nothing, nothing that, nothing that you'd be excited to respond to. Right. And, and I, no. I guarantee almost anyone, if, if you took the time, if you did that, like you'd, you'd find a very similar world. So going back to your question, what you'd want to do is the exact opposite of everything that you're seeing inside of those LinkedIn messages. And what most people think that you need to position yourself as the cool person reaching out to, or like solving an immediate problem. But at the beginning of the relationship, you just need to know that you, they, that you care about them. That's really all it is. You have to take the time to get to know who they are as a person. So I'll jump out of the LinkedIn world and I'll go into the email world just because obviously LinkedIn, you have smaller uh, space character limitations or whatever. But if you're sending someone an email, instead of doing exactly what Kim just read or whatever, it's just like, can we have have 15 minutes of your time? What if you took the time to listen to an episode of your social voice and you sent an email to Kim and you said, hey, Kim, I listened to episode 37 of the show, or I listened to the episode with Brandon Fong. <laughs> and, you, and, and, and you said, I love the part where, where Brandon shared XYZ or this other guest shared what XYZ. I took it and I implemented that. And it made this impact in my life. Thank you so much. How would you feel about receiving a message like that, Kim? Would you want to at least continue reading a little bit more? Yeah, 100%. I know like there's been at least probably three guests that we've had on the podcast based on that, them actually reaching out. And I was like, oh, like I, just because they put in the effort, I was like, I, I have to reward that effort. You know what I mean? It's like someone doing that. It's like, it, it's always, um, yeah, uh, makes me feel more positive towards them than anything. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what I would, I would encourage anyone to do. And I call this the loved plus specific formula, right? And, and, I, and I have a whole, I have a three-step process to this. There's the, the, the compliment, which is what we're discussing right now, the irresistible offer, and the no-oriented question. So going back to the compliment, a really easy way to think about this is something I call the love plus specific formula. Basically, you want to get your first few sentences of your outreach to be to the point where there is no way I could ever copy and paste this message and have it apply to someone else. It, 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 there's no way. So like going back to like what I, you know, on, on the, your social voice site, like they got these cool things about the people that work at your social voice. And Kim has it listed that he's the world's only certified baller and he's been to 31 different countries and he's a tequila connoisseur. Like those relate to Kim as a human being, right? Like we, those are the things that we love talking about. I love talking about spike ball. I'm a huge spike ball nerd. <laughs> if somebody started talking to me about spike ball or at least brought it up, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Like, I appreciate that, you know? So, so the love plus specific formula is like loved 
XYZ, specifically XYZ. So like it could be a podcast. It could be a blog post. Like I checked out this blog post on your site about this specifically like the point where you talked about XYZ. Thank you so much for sharing. It, I, I used to think it was um, easier self-explanatory, but if you just think about it from that perspective of like the love plus specific, it may make it a lot easier for you. So that's the that's the first component. Did you want me to go through the rest of them, Kim, or did you oh, do you yeah, have yeah, any follow up to that? Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. This, this stuff. <laughs> cool. So so the next part next part is the irresistible offer. So you know, going back to what Kim just read from his LinkedIn profile, it's like so many people jump right into like a fifteen minute meeting, and he doesn't he doesn't you don't even know why you should care at this point, right? So like you always have to put yourself in the perspective of the person that you're reaching out to. And so going back to that uh, first message that I sent to Jonathan Levy that kind of sent the whole snowball for me, I took the time to put myself in Jonathan Levy's shoes and thought, you know, there's this quote, you can't read the label from inside the jar, right? And so like everybody's sitting inside of a jar, you as a business owner is sitting inside of a jar. And so having that outside perspective is really valuable. So I did that for Jonathan. I said, hey, these are some things that I noticed and I came up with some projects that I would love to help and support you with. Obviously, everyone's not going to sit here and do free work, but you do have to think about from the perspective of the other person, what's valuable to these people? Is it a connection that you can make for them? Is it exposure that you could give them? Like, do you have a podcast? That's why podcasting is such an awesome platform because you can reach out to someone that you're looking at building a relationship with or uh, an author that you admire, a book that's really impacted you. And you can, you can not only give them the opportunity to share their message with your audience, but you could also, once they're in your world, you can say, I know some people that have been other guests on my show, it might be a great opportunity to connect you if you feel like it's a good fit, obviously, like no, not forcing it, but always like always think, put yourself in their perspective. And I learned this like initially when I wrote scholarship applications to apply for college, I always thought about it, like who's reading the message, right? Like, so think about it from, from them. So there's a, there's a quote by Dean Jackson, a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. A compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. And I feel like in today's world, it's a lot of like rooftop marketing. It's like people that are just shouting from the rooftops. It's exactly what was living inside of your LinkedIn email inbox right now. It's like people are saying, buy my, buy my, <laughs> can I swear on the show? It's, yeah, go for it. it's, go it's, for it. it's yeah. buy my, it's the buy my shit show, you know, <laughs> you know? So it's like, so how can you do the exact opposite of that and instead provide something that's super, super valuable for them to open the door to the relationship? And again, this goes back to the question too. You may be saying, okay, this is a lot of work to send to every single person. But if you're, if you're thinking about it strategically, there are certain relationships that are worth strategically, not as a human being, obviously, right? But like there's strategic relationships that are worth way more to invest your time into kind of outreach like this and some that aren't. So obviously apply this thinking to like, what are those relationships that would really make a difference in your business if you had them as strategic partners or, or clients or whatever that would be? So that's a, a little bit more context. I can pause a little bit on the on the irresistible offer. Is there anything else that you wanted to jump in there? With no, him? no, I, I think that's that's great. As, as you mentioned there, like uh, it's, uh, you've, you've got to, the whole component is just put yourself like, I think you could probably, you know, distill all the things you said there, put yourself in that person's shoes. Like, of course, when you go up to someone, you don't just start yelling at someone. If you meet them at a bar, I always call right. it like the bar test. It's like, how would you operate if it was a real person? You're not just going to go <laughs> up and spew on them. Right. You've got to like actually build a relationship. So yeah, I love what you're around, what you're saying there. Spot on. Yeah. So, so let's kind of recap a little bit. So now you, you received this message. Somebody took the time to reach out to you and say something very specific about what you're doing. They provided, they've done the thinking ahead of time to show that they want to add value to you. Now, the last part is, so, so that was a compliment irresistible offer. The last part is called the no oriented question. And I learned this from Chris Voss. Uh, he wrote the book, never split the difference. Uh, and if you're, if you're not familiar with him, he's an ex FBI hostage negotiator. So this is the dude that's 
on the phone with a lunatic that's in the basement of a bank about to blow up the whole damn place. Like, what do you say? What do you say to that guy? Right. And so what Chris teaches is that every, like we have, we have a finite amount of yeses that we can give every, every single day, because every single time you say yes, what does that mean? It means you're giving away your time. It means you're giving away your energy. It means you're giving away your effort. You're giving away something whenever you say yes to something, but the exact opposite is true with no, like you feel more safe, you feel more secure. And so, so empowering people to, to say no is actually very beneficial. So that's part one of the no oriented question. The other thing that I think is really relevant is that no one likes being pushed into something, right? Like, like we, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold, right? Think about like that crappy car salesman versus I like, like if you were to go test drive a Tesla, like they don't ever try to sell you anything, right? Like they, they just like, it's just like here, like go check it out. And if you want to buy it, like go click, make your 10, 10 clicks on the website and get your Tesla, right? <laughs> There's like no sales there at all or Costco, or I don't know what you guys have, have uh, in Australia, but like there are lots of these companies that have built buying based cultures instead of selling based cultures. And so that's what you want to do with this. The no oriented question is not only make it easy for them to say no, but also give them the choice, allow them to lean in. Don't say, can I have 15 minutes of your time? That's really abrasive. And it's like, it's, it's, it's like not everyone, you're not going to respond to a cold 15 minute thing, you know? So, so how does this actually apply? Let's, let's all rewind back and then I'll do the whole thing. So love plus specific irresistible offer. And then the last thing would be something along, along the lines of a hundred percent up to you, but would you be opposed to me sending over next steps to feature you on my podcast or a hundred percent up to you? Would you be opposed to me sending over the Google doc that I put together with some ideas that I think would be valuable for you or something like that? So like, you're not forcing it to them and you've, you you're taking the time to really love on this person, right? Like you care about them. You want to add value to them. And like, you're not shoving it in their face. You're just saying, Hey, like, I care about you. This is something I think would be valuable for you. Would you want, like, do you want me to send over next steps? And if not, then that's totally cool too. So like, that's kind of the whole framework, but I think it's really just based on being very selective about the kind of people you're investing in. Cause obviously you have to invest in the right people. Um, but also making it very easy to, for them to see that you've done your research, you care about them and you're looking at figuring out a way to add value to them and just allowing them to lean in. And, um, going back to what you said before, the worst thing they can do is say no or not respond. But even if they didn't respond, like you left a good impression, like you weren't trying to push anything on them. You were just, you were just trying to add value. So that's a high level of anybody that is looking to build those kinds of relationships and things I've learned along the way, testing many different things. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. And so if you're one of the, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that maybe you slid into my LinkedIn DMs and you sent something like that, go back and look at this, resend it, maybe you get a better response. Uh, now, Brendan, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask a question as well, which is, is there a question which I haven't asked you that I should have? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, a question about a question. <laughs> if, if I were to go back so and look at the people that I've had the pleasure of interviewing on my show, one of the I always like to look at patterns, right? And one of the biggest patterns that has come up is well, several things. One is the concept of worthiness, which is kind of a strange thing, but like I think oftentimes it's it's you want to you get trapped into this feeling of needing to solve a problem, like you have something that that comes up and you need to solve all these problems as they come up and you never ask yourself, well, what caused the problem to be there to begin with, right? And so one of those buggers or one of those things that's constantly manifesting the problems is the fact that 
this, this sense of worthiness. Like if you don't feel worthy about reaching out to these people, if you don't feel worthy of creating the business that you want to create, then it kind of makes it hard to build a business that's in alignment with what you want to do. Right. So worthiness is one of those concepts that, um, is, is, you know, it's kind of one of the, we're traveling into the woo woo territory for some people that may not enjoy that kind of stuff, but I found it to be true based on all these incredible people I've interviewed is this feeling of worthiness. And the other thing is this quote that comes up all the time on my show, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. And that's by Carl Jung. And I think that that is so true is like we, we, we all have these experiences from our childhood or things that were told to us from teachers or parents or people growing up. And like that's stuck in our brain. And oftentimes, unless you are consciously aware of those things, you can't modify it and make it better for you. Right. And they may have just been planted there by other people and you don't even realize that they're it's sitting there. So being conscious of the fact that you have these early experiences that are shaping who you are and you're, you're manifesting and acting out all these patterns that, that were implemented in a very young age just questioning the fact that if you if those beliefs serve you anymore cuz you can go back as an adult human and say hey when i had that free lunch program experience when i had all these issues like i used to look i used to never tell that story and i don't even tell the full story here but i used to be so embarrassed by that like like sharing that on a podcast would if you told me i was going to share that story on a podcast 10 years ago, I'd have told you you were nuts, <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, but, but now that I've had the opportunity to go back, I've rewrote that story. That story is one of the most powerful things that have ever happened to me. And I wouldn't have done anything that I've done today if it weren't for that story. So all those unconscious narratives, I would encourage you as, as another topic is to just go back and examine what those are. And another thing that you could do if you want to implement something is if you're fortunate enough to have your parents around or your grandparents around, interview them. Because you'll find when you interview your parents or your grandparents, you start to see those thinking patterns that were placed onto you without you even realizing it. So, and not only that, but like, I just think it would be super cool to listen to my dad have a conversation with my great grandpa, you know, or something like that. So you can preserve that knowledge for future generation. It's dual purpose, <laughs> um, but long, long answer to that. But I think that exploring those early unconscious things and your feelings of worthiness has massive impacts on, on many areas of your life. I love that. Now, and Brandon, if anyone's been listening to this and they go, great, I want to find out more about what Brandon's up to and, and dive deeper into that. Where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Yeah. Well, the easiest place is to go check out my podcast, wherever you're, whatever this is hitting your earlobes. Uh, my podcast is called Seven Figure Millennials. It's all about inspiring millennial entrepreneurs. And maybe I have plenty of people that aren't millennials, but to prioritize your happiness, health, and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. I teach and I, I interview people on the show, not as the guru on the mountain, but as the guy that's still figuring it out. I'm 26 years old. I'm still building my first business, my, my first seven figure business. And I'm sharing what I'm learning along the way. Right. And so it's an incredible journey. And I, I would love to have you join and listen on some of the incredible guests I've been on. Uh, but if you want, if you want some more uh, insights on the magic connection method process, I can put together a special link that I can create on the, on the fly, if that's cool for you, Kim, and I can put that together for you guys. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, I created a, a short lit, a short link. And it's just so you're like that sounds really weird, but it's it's B Fong. So Brandon Fong. So B F O dot N G slash Kim. Um, hopefully that's not taken. I think it should be good, but bfo.ng slash Kim. And that'll take you to uh, a landing page that I created specifically for you guys, um, or, or that'll direct you directly to some, some good next steps. If you want to grab a checklist that I put on there, uh, that, that summarizes the magic connection method process. If the next time you're staring at a blank cursor and you're like, Oh, what were those things that Brandon said? You can have that as a simple, quick PDF, uh, to grab. And, um, yeah, you can always shoot me an email to Brandon at brandonfong.co. I'm happy to, uh, connect and uh, figure out what you have going on and figure out how I can support you. 
Amazing, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And so anyone listening, check the show notes above or below. We'll have that link in there um, and you can connect with Brandon. And of course, if you know anyone that maybe they've been struggling with their connection, their ability to connect, maybe they've been guilty of being one of those people on LinkedIn, just trying to push messages without actually any thought, please share this episode with them. Get some of uh, Brandon's wisdom into their ears. And again, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kim. This has been a blast. I appreciate you and what you're doing in the world, my friend. Seriously, I say I say I appreciate podcasters, but you are you are you are doing you're a master at your craft. You're great at asking questions, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, man. Thank you.